Welcome to Season 4 of Adventures in the Spirit with Jared Lasky. This podcast is not just information, but impartation and activation. We believe that every conversation will encourage, equip, and empower you to live the daily supernatural life. Subscribe to this podcast and then share every episode with your friends and family and be activated. Do you want the power of God to be evident in your life? Do you need to receive the baptism with the Holy Spirit? Are you curious about the spiritual gift of speaking in tongues? And do you want it in your life? My wife and I have a free e-course available for you called the Baptism with the Holy Spirit, where you will learn the biblical truth and spiritual reality of the baptism with the Holy Spirit. And you'll hear true stories of how people receive the promised gift. The videos in this e-course will expand your knowledge and understanding of the Holy Spirit baptism. You'll be drawn closer in relationship with the Holy Spirit and receive prayer and activation into the baptism with the Holy Spirit. You can also go through it with a small group of friends, a church class, or a discipleship group. You could download the accompanying PDF for each lesson and apply the principles to your life and take the action steps. Your faith will grow as you read the scriptures, watch the videos, and participate in the activation. The gift is for you. The gift is for today. The gift is to empower your spiritual life. We know that you will finish this course with the divine empowerment that comes through the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So start your journey today. Go to charismacourses.com collections and click on Jared Lasky and enroll in the baptism of the Holy Spirit e-course. Now, welcome to another adventure in the Holy Spirit. I'm your host, Jared Lasky, having a lot of fun. Guys, I want to encourage you. I've got free PDFs available for you. One is on prophetic activation. The other one is on how to receive the baptism with the Holy Spirit. And I'm so excited and honored to have released my most recent book, The Baptism of the Holy Spirit, which is going on and out around the world right now. So guys, receive the free PDFs prophetic activation, how to hear God's voice, how to prophesy, or even how to receive the baptism with the Holy Spirit. I'm excited for today's very special guest. I have Mike Signorelli, who is the pastor and founder of V1 Church in New York City. He helps people to become what they were created for, whether you're a leader, entrepreneur, or a dreamer. And today we'll be talking about his new movie, the documentary, All Powerhouse, about casting out demons, seeing people healed, saved, set free in the name of Jesus, called the Domino Revival. So please help me welcome Pastor Mike Signorelli to Adventures in the Spirit. Welcome, Mike. Hey, I'm here in New York City. We're going to have a good time together, and I'm excited about this conversation. Well, it's an honor. It's a pleasure to have you on, brother. I'd love for you to sh- kind of share some of your background, some of your backstory of how you came to Jesus and were called into the ministry. Yeah, I've got a crazy story. The movie actually recounts the story. Uh, so I, I don't even know if I should delve all the way into it. But, you know, I came from uh, just very humble beginnings, poor, a poor family. Uh, my mother was a victim of domestic violence. We lived in a trailer park in South Chicago. So my story is really a story of just saying yes to Jesus and all of what he's capable of doing. You know, uh, I, in the midst of all the abuse and the trauma and multiple stepdads, I really fell in love with scripture, but I didn't have a relationship with God. But just, I read Genesis to Revelation over and over and over again. By the fourth time through the Bible, I got to the book of Acts and I saw what God did with Peter. And I remember reading it kind of like a comic book. And I, I got super mad almost because I'm like, man, Peter, he's the guy that gets up and preaches to everybody and miracles break out and thousands are added to the kingdom. Like what a what an idiot this guy kept. He kept screwing up. And that's when I realized that's what the gospel really is. Mm. And so I closed my Bible, sat on the edge of my bed, and I just prayed a really simple prayer. I said, God, I'm 15 years old now. I said, God, if you 
could do with my life what you did with Peter. Just do whatever you want to do. And I, I basically just gave him permission. And I had a personal Pentecost in my bedroom. I actually started speaking in tongues loudly. I wasn't at a Pentecostal church service. I wasn't at a charismatic church. I was literally in my bedroom alone when it happened. I started speaking in tongues so loudly. My mom came in and was like, what is going on? And that kind of initiated the things of God for me supernaturally. And it wasn't shortly after that that a woman, so I'll try to give you the quick version of the story, but a couple months later, I was coming out of church on a Sunday in South Chicago, and this woman came walking across the street. When she saw me, it looked like she saw a ghost. And she reached her finger out and she pointed at me. She was like shaking. And she said, I've never seen you in real life before, but I saw you in my dream. Now, this is South Chicago. This is a poor neighborhood. My mind immediately went to, she's a schizophrenic, you know, because like people walked around doing crazy stuff all the time. So I did not think I was having a God encounter. I thought this woman's crazy. And so she just said, like, I had a dream about you. You were in my dream. You preached at my church. I saw you in my dream. Revival broke out. The young people all got saved. And it terrified me. It literally terrified me. And so I told her, like, woman, you're crazy. Leave me alone. And she walked away. Uh, but then every week for the next several weeks, she would time it up. So when my church would release, she would be there. And eventually my mom and congregation members found out about all this. And I kept telling her, leave me alone. I'm, you know, I'm not going to do it. Like, you're crazy. Finally, a couple of weeks in, my pastor, and I think he was trying to help, he invited this woman into the office with me and my mom. And he just started saying, listen, you don't know Mike Signorelli. He's introverted. He's shy. You know, that kind of thing. Like, he's not a preacher. Like, matter of fact, he said the phrase, he doesn't even own a suit. Because back in the day, like, you had to preach only in suits. So that's like, you know, it's like, he doesn't even own a suit. Like, he can't. And he looked at me and he said, Mike, will you just tell this woman that you can't do it? And there was something when he said that phrase, you can't do it. I got so angry. I had never felt this anger before. Now I know it was the boldness of the Holy Spirit. And uh, but at the time, I didn't know, like, what? Why am I getting so mad listening to him say this? Because I've rejected it. And I just said, no, I'll do it. And then he got silent. My mom went silent. The woman went silent. I went silent. I'm like, what did I just say? And so I agreed to it and uh, I borrowed a suit. And uh, actually, sometime later, she she went to her pastor and said, can we just do a special service on, on an evening night? And he agreed to it and invited, you know, the youth and all the church to come out. The first 30 seconds of my sermon, I was stuttering, I was stammering. And then all of a sudden, it, the, it's like a bolt of lightning hit me. And I just started preaching bold. Now, now I know what was happening. All the scripture that I had read, it it suddenly got activated. And now it wasn't just religion. It wasn't just me recounting the scriptures. It was the Holy Spirit activating it for ministry. And so that's how I got started in ministry. So nobody formally ever invited me. It was it was just God gave a prophetic dream to a woman, and she was crazy enough to keep asking me over and over again. And then I eventually said yes. So I, you know, I'm not a professional Christian. I'm not a professional pastor. Like that's going way back to when I was 15 years old. That's how it all started. Well, I love it. You're speaking my language. I love the Holy Spirit. I do webinars and seminars on the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Have a talking about doing a prophetic presbytery later today, having the most fun of my life. But brother, what what are you seeing God do through you? Yeah, well, listen, my story is just a story of saying yes. 
And, you know, I tell people, like, I'm not a guru. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not trying to be a celebrity pastor. Uh, as a matter of fact, I moved to New York City and to start a church, I mean, we started with 18 people. You don't come to New York City to have a big church. This place is godless. It's very difficult. We don't have parking lots and all the amenities of like, you know, that the middle America. So I moved eventually from South Chicago, Northwest Indiana to New York City, started a church with 18 people that consisted of um, atheists, Hindus, agnostics, Muslims. I mean, like literally our church started with people who had never even had a church before. And I just wow. led them to Christ and started discipling them. And then they, I taught them to go make disciples. And then I taught them how to help those people make disciples. And eventually we just started multiplying, which is not the normal story in America. You know, a lot of churches right. start and you basically just draw everybody else's uh, people from other churches that are tired of their church. And for me in New York City, it was just leading lost people. And that's really the foundation of my church. And so anyways, we started seeing that then in the pandemic. So I, at, by the time the pandemic hit, I had three campuses in New York City Metro, Long Island. And wow. um, so I launched three campuses in three years before COVID. Then when COVID hit, it was like uh, I had to shut my buildings down because I don't own them. You know, owning a building out here is, I believe it is possible and we will eventually yeah. have that story, but it's, as you can imagine, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars in some places. So yeah. anyways, um, I couldn't physically have church because I didn't own the buildings and mm. I was super depressed and I was like, God, what am I supposed to do? And I wasn't really online. My, and, and to be honest with you, going all the way back to me being an introvert, just the whole idea of going on the internet, I was like, that's not me. I'm an analog guy. I'm an old school preacher. Like I go to the streets, I go to the, you know, I preach to my congregation. Like, I, I don't want to be an internet influencer, but my wife, Julie, she was really the one that was like, Mike, you need to go online. You're ministering to people all day on the phone. You're wearing yourself out. Just go live once and let everybody watch it. That's how it started. And I told my wife, that's stupid. Like, I, I don't want to do that. And, but as the pandemic went on, it was like, I needed you know, months went by and I was like, okay, I got to do something because I feel disconnected from my church. So I just started going live. And within the first week of me going live, I just started going viral. And it was like, there was a grace on it and uh, never stopped doing it ever since and started obviously getting big online, which I thought was funny because I hate the internet. <laughs> I literally hate it. I social media, all that stuff, but there's a grace on it on my life. Probably because I don't care, you know, but what I started seeing God do is deliver people from demons through my broadcast, heal people's bodies through my broadcast, whole families accepting Christ, people literally typing in the comments, I'm throwing my drugs away right now, I'm dumping out alcohol, Amen. people saying I'm canceling my suicide. So that's really what I saw God doing. And, and so that all became the impetus for uh, a tour. So as soon as the pandemic was winding down, it wasn't quite over. Nobody wanted to say when it was over, but I was like, you know what? Now there's these people on the internet, tens of thousands of people I've gotten to know through this, this, this broadcast. I want to go physically meet them. I want to leave the living room. And so I, I've self-funded this tour called the Domino Revival Tour and I filmed it. And eventually yeah. that would become the footage for the movie.
Love it. Well, you set it up perfectly. So let's watch the preview of the movie that is coming out now. You just had the red carpet a couple days ago. I want everybody to take a look at the Domino Revival, the official trailer. The Bible isn't the story of what happened. It's the story of what always happens. Society is attempting to redefine right and wrong. God's people are being faced with a decision. Do I bow in fear or stand for truth? It might look like it's dark. It might look like it's impossible. But I say I serve a God who deals in the impossible. Nothing is too hard for him. At his words, demons tremble. The pastors already think I'm crazy, so I don't have anything to prove to anyone anymore. The doctors told you you'd always be on medication. The surgeons told you there's no procedure. You need a physical healing in your body, but I want to give you the healer, not just the healing. This is about the gospel. The reality of God should change everything about our life and the world around us. There were moments where I would cry, and I'd say, Lord, what am I doing wrong? The power went off, and about seven people ran forward with knives. When I was making all these TikTok videos, no one had any idea that I almost lost my life. I thought this is legit. Is it legit? What are we going to even do? nation and the nations are in revival right now and what we do is really important we can like quench this thing out really quickly i'm putting on the boxing gloves and i'm going out and going to war against every unclean spirit devil you might have power but i've been given all power you are empowered by jesus christ we've worked with close to 5,000 churches. Pastor Mike, you are the fastest growing church in America. God is literally doing something here that we have never seen happen before. God preserves a remnant to bring a revival. We need the glory of the King. I will pay whatever cost I have to pay because I will not give that which costs me nothing. Wow, wow, wow. That preview alone, I've seen it a couple of times. It is anointed. I debated whether I should do the shorter one or the longer one, but the, the anointing of God is on that, oh, Mike. Love it. And obviously there's some favor there. Can you jump into just some of the miracles that you saw take place during the Domino revival during the filming? Yeah, let me give some that aren't in the movie because the ones that you see in the film are obviously dramatic. I do want to say too, we have a high value for following up with people. We want to make sure that yeah. we're not just getting like viral content for, you know, you know what I mean? For the emotional aspect of it. But like these are real people with real stories. And um, and so we we always uh, do our best to follow up with people. The the things that we showed in the film, as a matter of fact, we've been able to follow up with many of those people who are still free. They're still actually healed. Um, but one that was really really cool is a lot of times physical conditions can be connected to unforgiveness, and there's like this crazy connection. So uh, one of the parts of the tour would be like every night I would take people through the process of forgiving others. I think when we talk about the gospel, it's understood, oh yeah, Christ forgives me. 
But then the other part is like, forgive those who have trespassed against me, you know, or um, how could you expect to receive forgiveness from God, but you have still, are, you're holding unforgiveness against someone else, you know? So I would take people through a process of saying, I want you to think about the person who abused you. I want you to think about the person who hurt you. You also must forgive them. We can't just receive forgiveness from Christ and not extend it to someone else. And so then when I would have people go through the process of, extending forgiveness it's like almost always miracles would just start breaking out physical healing this one woman had neuropathy in both of her hands and had completely lost feeling in her hands for a decade as soon as she said i forgive and said their name we were in huntington beach and we were just wow. out in the open she said i forgive she said their name the feeling just was completely restored to her hands and she fell back and she was just screaming like i can feel my hands i can feel my hands the person next to her fell forward and also got healed at the same time so those are just i mean that's dramatic stories um multiple people with recreative miracles and i say that because there's healing which like in that instance it could have been a restoration of feeling so the nerves are still there but then it's just a restoration of function that's maybe in the realm of healing but then there's this other realm of of miracles i would call it where let me give you an example i was under a tent in washington state and i just begin to pray and all of a sudden i was specifically praying for um hearing in people's uh, ears to be restored well they brought me this woman in her 20s and she was crying 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 and i said why are you crying like what's going on what did god do and she said when i was eight years old i had a surgery to remove the bones in my inner ear and as a result all of the hearing is gone and when you prayed i can completely hear again out of my ear like full full restoration which as you know is absolutely impossible she doesn't even have the equipment so to speak to actually hear out of that ear and if that would just be one isolated story you'd say okay maybe that's whatever but we also captured another woman receiving full restoration her inner ear canal was completely damaged that is in the movie and we show that and she's weeping and can barely tell us what's happening because she's so overwhelmed by the power of god but she doesn't even have uh, again the the physical parts of her ear to hear and yet it's restored and so the movie wow. both the movie and footage that we weren't even able to include for the sake of time just shows these recreative miracles over and over and over again and it's just undeniable that god still heals amen you know uh what are you expecting to take place from i mean we live in a day and age right now where people can go live from their phones they could go live almost anywhere everywhere and see god moving signs and wonders and what what are you seeing? What did you see on the red carpet? Did did the Holy Spirit do a mighty work on the red carpet the other day? Well, you know, it's funny because playing a movie for your peers. I mean, we had over three hundred leaders, uh, Christian leaders from around the United States represented in the audience. Very significant people, including leaders from the Southern Baptist Convention and leaders from the Catholic or Catholic uh, world. And so it's like it wasn't it wasn't like an audience necessarily full of like the amen corner you know there were people it could have been the worst night of my life <laughs> to be honest with you like people gonna be like this is the worst movie i've ever seen what are you doing and i'll tell you i don't believe that it's a perfect movie i don't think perfect movies exist just like but here's the thing i don't preach perfect sermons i never have and when i was wrestling with all this stuff i remember going before the lord and saying god 
uh, I'm so intimidated by this. I'm not a movie maker that, you know, I'm the director of this film, but really I'm just the guy who went out and did the revivals. I, you know, I don't know how to make a movie. And I remember the Holy Spirit telling me, you know, son, you've never preached a perfect sermon. And the, the gap between your limitations and my power is called grace. And I co-labor with you and I speak on your behalf and I get in their heart and begin to convict. And and I remember the Lord just telling me, just finish the film. I'll do what I do in your sermons. <laughs> you know, you're 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 not that good of a preacher, but God still uses you, you know. And it's like I felt like the Lord just said, just finish the film, I'll do the rest. And I'll tell you, the last scene in the movie hit and something just sweeped away. I mean, people were weeping uncontrollably. You can see the footage online. And they were just bawling their eyes out. I mean, I, I went out there to give my speech after the movie was over and had to actually facilitate an impromptu intercessory prayer thing because people were doubled over. They were on their knees. I mean, they were, and these are Christian leaders. They couldn't even, I mean, they were overwhelmed. And I, and so I felt like, man, if that's the response of Christian leaders, people who have hosted the glory of God, people who have seen miracles, if that's their response to this film, I mean, and listen, by the and I won't say their name, I wanna protect them, it's like Nicodemus coming in the middle of the night. You know, a guy who is Baptist came up to me shaking afterwards, trembling, saying, I have an email list of one million emails that I email every week, and the Lord told me that list belongs to this movie, and I've gotta get people to see this movie. If, if a Baptist wow. is responding like that, I mean, that just so, yeah, it was crazy, it was crazy. Uh, Amen. Praise God. I love it, man. Uh, there's an authenticity to you, brother. There really is an authenticity to you and the anointing, obviously. But what are you hoping for people to report? What are you hoping that God does in the theaters when this movie releases? Well, you know, there's a movie that just came out called Cessationist, and it's hilarious to see how like a film will come out before the other film because there's always this precursor, you know, it's like, there's always, it's, there's, it's, I've just seen a pattern for that. Like if God's going to do something real prophetically, there's always like a false prophetic thing that goes first. Or if God's going to do something real in the realm of healing, there's always like a false healing ministry first. And so I was laughing because I'm like, I'm featured in the movie cessation is, uh, you know, so I, really? yeah, which of course they <laughs> decontextualized me They, you know, and the other thing is they didn't call me and Hey, we'd love to talk to you about this. Let's make it a dialogue. We want to hear your your heart because they weren't interested in that, you know? Um, and, and, and quite frankly, I I'm an intellectual or I consider myself like an armchair intellectual, you know? And I think for a long time, it's been like, Oh, the more you believe in the gifts of the spirit, the dumber you are. And it's like, no, I spent two years here in New York city under Tim Keller in the gospel coalition. I'm, you know, I actually am the president of a Bible college. Like I, I know the word of God. I, it, so I'm not an idiot. And I think my hope for this film is it should be like a breath of fresh air to say, listen, we're not anti-intellectual. We're not anti-scripture. This isn't like we're not elevating experience above scripture. Actually, we're allowing the Holy Spirit to, to, to use experiences to confirm what the scriptures say. And here's the here, unfortunately, you know, for cessationists and people who don't believe in the gifts of the spirit, unfortunately for them, across a thousand theaters in America, there's only 50 states, miracles are about to break out. You know, people, I mean, people are going to be healed. Medically verifiable miracles are going to ha happen. People are going to receive the gift of tongues. People are going to cancel suicides. It's like, you know, and that's why I tell them the gifts of the spirit, it's not a faucet. You could just turn it on and off. 
it's a river and yeah. that river is going to flow and you steward a river but you don't you can't turn it off and i feel like for me what's going to happen in this movie is people are going to they're going to sit up under the anointing and the holy spirit's going to begin to minister and you're about to see across america revival fires are going to be lit because here's the thing America, we are beyond, politicians can't fix this. We've gone too far. You can't, it, yeah. we need revival. Revival's not a luxury. Revival's not, oh, this is for the most enthusiastic people. Revival, we now have shifted into another stage where it's like, we, if we don't have revival in America, this country's lost. I mean, yeah. I live in New York City. I'm in your future. It's whatever happens in this city happens five years later in the rest of America. So when I started telling people we need revival, I'm like from the future. And I'm saying like, it, when if you see what I see on a daily basis in New York City, like it's coming. And I think there's people hiding out in America in these towns and these cities thinking, oh, it's not that bad. No, tell me, it's. I'm telling you it's coming. And so I feel like for me, this Domino Revival movie, forget about your denomination, Forget about your, you know, your bound, you know, this is my camp. We, we need to get past that. This, I'm, I'm not asking people become a Pentecostal, become a charismatic. I'm saying become a true believer before Constantine, you know, before it was this government uh, controlled, yeah. you know, Catholicism before, like go back to the first century because that's what the 21st century is about to do. You know, this is just real Christianity, biblical Christianity. And um, I think this movie is gonna be, I'll put it like this, it's gonna be a thorn in the side of comfortable Christians. It's gonna be a rebuke to professional Christians. It's gonna be a rebuke to pastors that they're, they're collecting a paycheck and they're just going through business as usual. It's gonna be a rebuke to them. I pray it brings conviction to them to say, God, when did I become a hireling? When did, when did I become a professional? When did I become a punch in, punch out? Like, when did I become a denominational, you know, a slave like I, it's gonna i want i'm really praying god convict them on a deep level because you know when i was on this tour jared i mean there were pastors kids that were coming out of the audience saying i am planning my i'm actively planning my suicide and and i and i want to be free and it, it, there was sunday school teachers coming out weeping saying like it's me it's me i bought a rope i it makes me want to cry you wow. know like and so it's like we can't just keep doing business as usual man we got drag queens teaching our kids here in new york city we have these woke ideologies which is really just demonic propaganda we've got 15 yeah. million genders we've got kids coming to school saying identify as a furry i'm a, i'm an animal now yeah. it's like it's it th and this is my reality in new york city and it is infiltrating the rest of you at the us and i think what revival is is us saying let's go back I, i'm not even trying to bring something new i want to go back i want to go back to when there was man and woman i want to go back to where it was god's definition of marriage i want to go back to when we believed in the sanctity of life and and we didn't kill unborn babies i want to go back that's what revival is like i want to go back and and i think for because re means again you know that prefix re yeah. and what we need in america is we need to go back to prayer in schools because you delete we deleted god and every step away from god is a step down it's that simple every step away from god was a step down and we just keep going deeper and deeper and revival is saying let's let's go back because <laughs> i don't want this yeah. america i don't want to hand my kids this version of what life is and i think for me doing these revivals as soon as i preach like this i'm telling you 
unapologetically I preach the gospel, drag queens literally start, they bring in boxes of their makeup, their wigs saying, I don't want to live this life anymore. Wow. I have five men, five men in my New York City campus that identify with that lifestyle who are going viral every week saying, and, be, and they're saying, because I left that lifestyle and I want to serve God. Uh, two guys in particular married now, uh, married for years, fruit that remains, John 15. But the thing is, I had to be bold enough to stop compromising, you know, uh, stop trying to act like there's some middle ground. Oh, let, we're just building relationship. No, when's somebody going to tell them the truth? Who's going to preach the gospel? Who's going to preach the word? Who has fire shut up in their bones? Who? And, and for me, it's just like, I feel like a voice crying in the wilderness. A lot of pastors don't want to be associated with me anymore, but they're all, they're churches are also dying and they're and so it's we're we're when i when i was reading the story of the the 10 virgins in that story i mean i preach it across america but it's like there's 10 virgins the bible says there's five wise and there's five unwise that means there's no middle ground it's five and five you're either wise yeah. or you're unwise and they were all virgins and so it, it's like we're all christians i'm not debating your salvation but in this next season you are either wise or unwise and the and what determined who was wise and unwise was who had more oil and so that's for me it's like it's time to buy oil and why because they were traveling through the night and it was basically if you don't have enough oil you will not make it through the night it's going to get darker i'm not doom and gloom but i'm just saying it's going to get darker and if you don't have more oil you're not going to make it through the night and that's really my message to the church. We've got to learn how to buy oil. We have to learn how to get on our knees. We have to learn how to pray. We have to learn how to fast. We've got to learn how to cast out demons. We have to learn how to prophesy. It's all hands on deck right now. And that's really what this movie is. Like, it's not about me. Literally, the movie's not about me. It's not about the other, you know, I, I brought together all these movement makers. And when you watch the movie, and I don't want to give it away, it's not about us. And it's right. really about every believer saying, I, I don't care if you're a blue collar worker, a stay at home mom, you should be flowing in the same power as Mike Signorelli. And that's what this movie is really all about. And the fact that Hollywood's on strike, and I feel led to say this, like we are living in a time unprecedented. Hollywood's on strike. I don't know if I would have ever got this opportunity, but there's not enough movies coming out through Hollywood because they're on strike. So they're experimenting right now. We need to we need to fill these theaters and tell Hollywood we're done with your demonic garbage. We want to see mo more movies like this, you know. Amen. Well, Mike, I think just from that, can you pray for our listeners, people who will be impacted by this? Pray for the anointing. Pray for them to surrender to the presence of Jesus to receive the anointing oil. Yeah, I want to pray for you guys. I also want to pray for boldness because. You, you've right. got to get the tickets ahead of time. Theaters are selling out, but here's the thing God's been showing me. You have, you know, you have family members, maybe your own kids that you're like, please, I want them to come back to Jesus and they won't go to your church, but they will go to the movies with you. And if you just tell them, come to the theater, because yeah. I was like, God, what's the what's the plan? It's a Holy Ghost hijacking. I'm just going to tell you straight <laughs> up. Like, if you're like, hey, I got you a ticket to the movie. Let's go. I want to go to the movies together. I'll buy you popcorn, whatever. They're going to sit under this movie. God's going to rock them. And your whole family's going to either get saved or come back to Jesus. So let me just pray for boldness that you would you would extend an invitation. So Heavenly Father, I thank you for the Domino Revival. 
I thank you for this movie, God. I pray that every listener right now would begin to compel, they would, they would compel their friends and family and coworkers, come see this movie with me, and then Lord, you would do the rest. That they, their friends would cry, that their friends would be convicted, that their friends would be, have breakthrough from depression and anxiety and fear. And Lord, I thank you that you would be glorified through this. Give them Holy Ghost boldness, Lord, to be yeah. a witness. You said in Acts chapter one, verse eight, after the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you will receive power to be my witnesses. And so, Lord, I thank you that we would fill every movie theater in America that's open to this film so that your glory would hit them, that they would be healed in their bodies and delivered and set free in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Mike, what is the best way for people to get more information about the Domino Revival and also more information about you and your ministry? Yeah, if you go to MikeSignorelli.com, so it's S-I-G-S-I-G-S-I-G-S-I-G-S-I-G-S-I-G-S-I-G-S-I-G-S-I-G-S-I-G-S-I-G-S-I-G-S-I-G-S-I-G-S-I-G-S-I-G-S-I-